With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, in this episode, we're going to review some Bengals headlines, and then we're going to do a preview of the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. NFL Week 1, the season has begun. What's up, Bengal Nation? This is Adrian the Mad Backer Ross, and you're listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. Who day? Hey, Cincinnati Bengals fans, I would like to introduce to you the one and only Frank LaPlaca. So here we are, a couple days away from week one. The season is here. If all goes right, we're going to have Bengals football pretty much every week for five months, all the way through Valentine's Day and the Super Bowl. What a great time to be alive. All right, so let's start off with some headlines. So the two biggest headlines are actually mysteries heading into week one. First is the health of Joe Burrow's calf, and second is the Joe Burrow contract situation. Now, truthfully, I think the organization is being smart and keeping both under wraps. And I think right before that first game, we're going to see a Joe Burrow five-plus-year contract, 55 to $60 million a year, the biggest contract in NFL history. And what a way to go into a tough game against the Browns on the road with everybody pumped up that Joe Burrow is going to be here for the long run. I think it's going to give us that extra momentum and really take us over the top for this game. So expect that to be the case over the next few days. I'm recording this podcast on a Wednesday. Hopefully by Saturday that news breaks. You know I'm going to be celebrating, and I know that you guys are too. Now as far as the health of Joe Burrow's calf, I don't think he's 100%. But you know the treatment that he's getting and the hydration and the stretching and the stim and everything that's going into that, they're going to have him ready for week one. He would not have it any other way. So although he may not be 100% for this game, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to play normal Joe Burrow football, and he's going to heal as the season goes by, as long as he doesn't have to scramble and do a lot with his legs in this first or second week of the season. So rest assured, Cincinnati Bengals fans, yes, it's been on my mind too. Is Burrow healthy enough? When are they going to resign him? Are they going to actually not do it? Are they going to do it during the season? I think all of those questions will be answered right before kickoff on Sunday, and we're going to go in with such a good feeling, and we're going to go after the Browns, and we're going to start our Super Bowl run yet again. All right, the next headline are the captains that the Bengals have named, and not too many surprises there. Joe Burrow, obviously you're going to make your quarterback and you're the leader of your franchise a captain. 
Joe Mixon. He was a great captain last year. He's a leader. He's a veteran, a very logical choice for another captain. And Ted Karras, although only his second year here, he just has this calming leadership force about him. Then you go to defense, DJ Reader, why not? Really pound for pound, the best defender on this team. Sam Hubbard, Mr. Cincinnati, basically. Of course, he's going to be a captain again, and he's another one who sets a good example for the team. And he had one of the greatest plays in Bengals history last season, which kept us going into the playoffs. So a very logical choice for a captain there. And Mike Hilton, who has been instrumental in changing the culture since he came over. Think about it. He jumped ship in Pittsburgh right before Pittsburgh became mediocre. He knew. And he came to the Bengals. And look, it's AFC Championship game after AFC Championship game and Super Bowl and, you know, predicted to be one of the best teams in the league. And he's a voice for this team. He's a leader in a very talented secondary. And I think all six of these guys are great choices. And this is the one year you maybe don't go with a special teams captain because everyone is like a third-year player or less. So there's not really any veteran leadership there, although Evan McPherson is at the top of his game and one of the best in the league. Honestly, if Stanley Morgan made the squad, he might have been a candidate for that. But we don't want to be like the Giants and name, I don't know, the Giants, I think, named like 12 captains or something. At that point, it's like one-third of your roster is captains or, you know, whatever the math works out to. Too much. Give us three offense, three defense. Very happy with the captain choices for the Bengals. And as I said, they were kind of no-brainers. All right, so as far as transactions go, we pick up Demetric Felton from the Browns. And I liked him when he was there. I know he was a kick returner. A little bit of a scat back. They put him at wide receiver, kind of all over the place. But you guys know why we picked him up. In addition to being a talent and you need to have a solid running back on your practice squad, it's to get intel on the Browns. And honestly, I get so mad when the teams in our division pick up Bengal players that we cut just to get intel on us. So I can't call the, the kettle black, right? We did the same exact thing here. And you know what? When you're on this side of it, you don't care. Get as much intel on that Browns offense as you can because we're going to need everything. We want to come out of week one with a road win against a divisional opponent, and having Demetric Felton in the building is going to help us maybe down the road with some running game stuff, but it's going to help us immediately with knowing a little bit more about the Browns. And then kind of the same thing. We pick up Zach Gentry from the Steelers, and a little bit of a different story because we're not playing them right away, but he still has a lot of intel on that offense, and he's a 6'8", 265 tight end, 26 starts, 40 games played, a veteran, at a position where we're pretty deep, but we're pretty deep with a lot of guys that are kind of in the middle of the pack. So why not bring in a monstrous tight end who's got a lot of experience in the league, probably just as good as our backup tight ends, and more intel on Pittsburgh. So I thought those were two great practice squad choices. And then we pulled Garrett Nelson onto the practice squad because we lost Raymond Johnson to the Lions. I think they really wanted to get him back. And we got this guy, Garrett Nelson, who had a decent preseason for Miami, Nebraska defensive end. Don't know much about him, but he's going to be on the practice squad. And if he's called into duty, we're going to find out what he's got. But, you know, he's got a few guys in front of him. We're deep in the defensive end room. And you also have Gunter on the practice squad as well. And then the other player on the practice squad is we picked up a third quarterback in Will Greer. Now that shows that they wanted to get another quarterback in the building with a little more NFL experience than Browning. He's going to push Browning for that backup job. Greer had a great preseason, so we don't know what's going to happen. Browning knows the system. He flashed a little bit in preseason. Greer is a little more accomplished and a little more experienced, but you can't go wrong. At least we have another quarterback to choose from, and if Browning doesn't work out as a backup, then we're going to try Will Greer, 
but the goal is that either one of these guys, any duty that they have, is going to be mop-up duty or downing the ball after a big win when Joe Burrow's been on the bench at the start of the fourth quarter because we're killing some team. And then in doing so, they released Tyler Murray, the linebacker, not to be confused with Kyler Murray, but Tyler Murray is no longer a Bengal. You know, he's on the street, probably a phone call away if we do need him, but our linebacking core is pretty much set. I was actually surprised that we put a couple linebackers on the practice squad. All right, so let's get into the upcoming game against the Browns. So the main thing is it's a divisional road game. Those are games that you're really not supposed to win. Even if you're a championship-caliber team, I know we want to say you're supposed to win those. But if you're going to lose any games, those are the games that you're typically going to lose. You see it. Even you know when you're going to the Super Bowl, you end up like splitting with your division. You win your home games. You lose your road games. Everybody just knows each other so well. And the AFC North is so stacked. There's no rollover games no matter who you're playing in this division. So let's just keep that in mind. Yes, we should win. Yes, we're favored. Yes, we're a better team, and we're going to go to higher heights than the Browns this year. But anything can happen on this first week. You know, No one knows what's up with anybody. Joe Burrow is a little banged up. And again, it's a divisional game on the road against an opponent who's had our number over the years. I know the last game we played, we beat them. But that was like a nearing the end of the season Browns that kind of phoned it in on the season. And Watson was a shell of himself. This game is going to be a lot tougher than that. No matter what happens, it doesn't mean doomsday or anything for us. Let's just go into the game. I think we're going to win, but it's not going to be a cakewalk. And the reason why it's not going to be a cakewalk is that Browns roster is stacked. I'm surprised that the NFL experts don't have them predicted to be a better team. I'm I'm so glad that we're the darlings of the AFC North. Everyone's all hopped up on the Ravens with the new wide receiver core. But if you look at the Browns roster top to bottom, which we're going to cover in just a little bit, I mean, they have a good offensive line. They have a quarterback who used to be great. They have one of the best running backs in the league. I mean, and that offensive line is stellar. They have a good pass-catching tight end. They have a great defensive line that they've added to. They have solid linebackers and big hitters, and they have an outstanding secondary. Where are the holes on the Browns? They're not this walkover team for anybody. I'm hoping that we walk over them. I hope we make a statement and just destroy them. But that is a very, very good Browns roster. All right, so let's quickly go over our position groups and some things to expect in this game. So quarterback, it's going to be Joe Burrow in there. Hopefully he gets out of the game in one piece and gets to be Joe Burrow and doesn't re-aggravate that calf. I'm worried about that more than anything. If we come out with a loss and Burrow is healthy, that's a win for me. On to running back, you're going to see a lot of Joe Mixon this game, both out of the backfield and running the ball. You're going to see Chase Brown's debut, and I'm almost feeling like they're going to have Chris Evans be the third and Travion Williams be the inactive for this week. Not that Travion isn't ahead of Evans on the depth chart, but I just think he's a little banged up. Evans is totally healthy, and it might just be the logical choice to, to play the healthy guy this week and you know let that other position sort itself out as, as the season goes by. But definitely Chase Brown, we're going to get our first look at him, and I hope that he's really productive and a huge surprise against the Browns and you know, turns out a big play or two. And they're probably going to get him at least five touches in this game. On to tight end. It's going to be a lot of Irv Smith in this game. You're going to have Drew Sample helping out blocking, hopefully helping Jonah on Zadarius Smith. And then offensive line, you're going to have all the regulars in there. We're going to see how Orlando Brown holds up against Miles Garrett. We're going to see the evolution of Volson, Karras, and Kappa, business as usual. And we're going to see how Jonah does on that right side. And as I said, Zadarius Smith is a force and he's been tossing around people all preseason and all of training camp. So it's going to be a huge test for Jonah Williams. And if he struggles, don't think they won't bring Jackson Carmen off the bench just to see what happens. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On to defense, you're going to see the regular defensive line rotation. I don't know if Osai is going to play because of the high ankle sprain, so you're probably going to see Miles Murphy get some snaps in there, and you're going to see a lot of Cam Sample. So from a pass rushing standpoint, without Osai in there, we're a little bit low on pass rushers because Hendrickson and Hubbard can't play every snap. So you are going to see a lot of sample, and we're really going to see what Miles Murphy is made of in week one against a very tough opponent and a very good offensive line. Linebackers, it's going to be Logan Wilson and Pratt in there constantly. I think Marcus Bailey is going to get a little time, but I think Akeem Davis-Gaither is going to get a lot of time in this game. I think they're going to have him spy Watson a little bit. I think they're going to have him on Njoku. So watch for Davis-Gaither to have more snaps than normal. Then on to the secondary, Awuzie is back in action. Same thing with Burrow. I want to see him get out of the game healthy. And then on the other side, you're going to have Cam Taylor-Britt trying to continue that sophomore campaign. Hilton in the slot. I think you're going to see some DJ Turner rotating in this game. And when I go over my strategy, I'm going to mention some things that I was thinking about him. We're going to see Dax Hill take the reins as our new Jesse Bates. If he does anything like he did in the preseason, we're in good shape. It's going to be a very good test for him this game because it's not just going to be helping out in the pass game. It's going to be stopping Chubb down low in the box at times as well. And then Nick Scott, my big question mark from the preseason, even though I only saw him for about a dozen snaps, he had several snaps that weren't up to par, and I'm just hoping that he doesn't get exposed this game because if I was the Browns and I watched that first drive against the Falcons, I would be targeting Nick Scott constantly. And you know what, Nick? Just stand up. You have a great defense around you. They brought you in as a free agent. They believe in you. Put in a great game. Make a statement. And let everyone know that, yeah, it's not Bates and Bell back there, but now it's Hill and Scott. I also think you're going to see a little bit of Tyson Anderson, and I also think you may even see some Jordan Battle rotating in there as well. Special teams, obviously McPherson, Adamitis, Brad Robbins, the usual suspects. Let's hope that the field goal and extra point holds go well. That's the only thing I could see going wrong because Robbins can boot the ball to the moon. We're going to have Charlie Jones returning punts. I'm not sure what they're doing with kicks. It could be Chase Brown back there. I almost suspect that it's going to be Chris Evans. But right now, it's a big mystery on who they're going to throw back there. All right, so let's talk a little bit more specifically about what the Browns have to offer and what we can do to counter that pretty much stacked roster. So when we're on offense, we have some big problems to worry about. Miles Garrett is one of the best in the league. Whether there's Orlando Brown on him or any other tackle in the league, that guy is going to put pressure on Burrow. He's going to get in there. He's going to get some hits. There's a potential for him to get sacks. It's going to be a real big test for Orlando Brown. And I'm hoping that the Bengals employ more of a quick passing game just because Burrow's not 100% and Orlando Brown's long enough and has the technique to at least keep Garrett away for a little bit, let Burrow get off the ball. I'm not talking five, seven-step drops. I don't even want to see more than a half a dozen of those. But if, if Brown can do his job and live up to his rep and his physique, it's going to go big in stopping Garrett. But Garrett is a force. He's a game wrecker. Don't think that he's not going to cause some trouble this game. And then, as I was saying before, Zadarius Smith is having a massive preseason, and he's going to be on Jonah, who's getting his legs out there on the right side. 
and wasn't a total dominant player on the left side. So I'm worried about him more than Garrett in this game, not because he's a better player, but I think he's got the better matchup. And they also move him inside sometimes, so you're going to see Smith on Volson as well. So it's going to be a big test for Volson. It's going to be a huge test for Jonah stopping these guys. They bring in Dalvin Tomlinson, a premier defensive tackle who can rush the passer. So there's going to be a threat. I'm hoping that Karras and Kappa can contain him. Then you have Jordan Elliott and Shelby Harris as more of the run-stuffing defensive tackles. Not as dominant as the other players on this line, so this may be a little bit of a vulnerability for us to go right up the gut, right at these guys in particular. And then they bring Akaronkwo and Alex Wright off the bench, and those are two other guys that can rush the passer. So you're talking four defensive ends slash edge guys and a defensive tackle that can all rush the quarterback against a Joe Burrow that may not be as mobile as he typically is. So it's going to be a huge test for our offensive line. And I think, aside from the Jonah question mark, our guys are up to the task. But it's going to be a massive test. And if we can contain this defensive line, I don't think we're going to have problems with Baltimore next week. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Linebackers, Owosu Koromoa, he's a big hitter. And you, as you remember from last year, he had a really dirty hit on Joe Burrow. So when I think of him, I think of a guy that's rangy, hits hard, can blitz. But I also think of a guy that probably has a picture of Joe Burrow on his mirror and is just dying to lay a big hit on him even after the whistle. So I don't know. Just somebody to worry about. A very good player. Taki Taki's a good player. Anthony Walker is an underdog, very good linebacker. There's really no deficiencies there. And as I said, watch for these guys to be headhunting Burrow a little bit. You know how it is. It's a divisional game. It's football. They're going to want to just destroy Joe Burrow, especially if Burrow doesn't have the mobility. Just, you know, think about that if you're the guy who knocks Burrow out of the game. I know it, it sounds dirty, but for them, that's like, hey, you just won the game for us. So be really careful about these Browns guys with some extra hits some pushes out of bounds, or just some legitimate blasts on Burrow if any of the protection fails. And if Chase Brown is back there, they're going to be going at him because he's inexperienced on the NFL level at pass protecting. And Mixon was up and down last year. So there's a lot to worry about with this Browns front seven. And as I said, let's just get Joe Burrow out of this game healthy, and hopefully we get a win in the process. And this secondary is unbelievable. Denzel Ward is coming back from a concussion, so I don't know how if he's going to be 100% or not, but he's a phenomenal corner. And you have Martin Emerson Jr., a second-year player who had a great year last year. They have Greg Newsom in the slot. Those are three very strong corners. And the reality is we have three very strong wide receivers. So it's going to be a strength versus a strength. I mean, as a Bengal fan, I think that Chase, Higgins, and Boyd are better than Ward, Emerson, and Newsom. But anything can happen. And we saw you know, Denzel Ward have that huge pick six return last year that really defined that game. So we have to be careful of these guys. And then moving on to the safety position, I think Delpit is on the verge of being a star. And they have good old friend Juan Thornhill from the Chiefs, who we kind of ate up a little bit last year. But he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he's a very good player. So you think about it. They have three very good corners and two very good safeties. Again, guys, where is the hole on this defense? The defensive tackle position with Elliott and Harris? I don't know. Does Boyd destroy Newsom? Does Thornhill not perform like he did when we played him? But, I mean, really, from top to bottom, it's, it's a very strong defense, so there's a lot to think about. So with that said, what's the strategy for attacking this defense? So I think you have to start out fast. And that's a cliche, right? Every game you should start out fast. But I think it's important for Joe Burrow to establish himself right away and for us to say, you know what, we're the same offense that we were last year. You guys are trying to catch up to us. We're not trying to keep up with you. 
I say you take a deep shot early. You know, I know you want to play it a little conservative, get your time of possession, you, you know, honor the, the secondary of the Browns. Nah, I, I think you, you get Chase or Higgins. You find a way to get them isolated one-on-one, and you take one big shot in the first drive and just see what happens because that can define a game. You know, a 76-yard touchdown to Chase on the fourth play of the game, it's hard for any defense to recover from that because now the whole rest of the game they're thinking, when's the next time this is going to happen? My first three plays, I would run up the middle with Mixon on first and second down and try to bang out five yards on that, get into a third and five or hopefully less, spread out four or five wide receivers, and let Burrow just pick someone apart on a slant. Boom, there's your first drive, immediate first down, and then first or second down of the next set of downs right up top. And there's your 70-yarder to Chase or your 65-yarder to Higgins or who knows, maybe Boyd even gets open down the seam. But take that deep shot, Coach Callahan, Coach Taylor, please. All right, more strategy. Don't put Burrow in too many big dropbacks where he will need to run and scramble. I talked about this a few minutes ago. Let's limit the five- and seven-step drops. It's just not the week to do it because Burrow's not 100% healthy. We're still waiting for this line to gel. We don't know. I mean, it seems like it's stacked all the way across, but we don't know what's the Jonah factor at right tackle. How's the Miles Garrett matchup going to be with Orlando Brown? I mean, Hendrickson was dominating Brown at times when we played the Chiefs in those big games. So we can't just say, well, that's Orlando Brown on there. Miles Garrett is neutralized. It doesn't work like that. So the five- and seven-step drops have to be limited. It's not just the drop back and having him be a target back there, but when you have that much space as a quarterback, now the scrambling aspect comes into play. So I'm thinking three-step drops, quick passes, find a way to get a little play action going if we can develop mixing in the run game early, some tight end passes, get the running backs out of the backfield, I know it sounds too conservative, and we will be able to take our shots here and there. You know, a max protect situation. I hate to always say, well, help out the tackles with a tight end or a running back. It just, yeah, I guess, but it's not a foolproof theory. So, yes, although I'm saying take one deep shot early, I'm saying that's one of a handful of times where you're dropping Joe Burrow back and putting him in that position to either be hit or have to scramble. Because the most important thing, and I'm going to say it again, guys, is getting Joe Burrow out of this game healthy. If we're 0-1 with a road divisional loss to the Browns, I know it's not going to sit well, but that's not a season ender by any stretch. We can just come back, rattle off six, seven wins in a row. No one even cares about that Browns game. Some more strategy for offense, run between the tackles. You know, with with Garrett and Zadarius Smith on the edges and those linebackers that are pretty rangy, it might not be the time to be running, you know, sweeps and outside stuff I think you're going to go inside and and test those defensive tackles or at least test you know the two slightly inferior ones and and see what kind of push you have I mean Cap is a great guard Karras is a great center Volson is coming to his own you know you get some tight end help in there and you just you just blow it up in the middle get some time and possession I think we need to establish that and I don't think it's going to be around the edges I think if we're going to have the running game going it's going to be between the tackles and Orlando Brown is very good in the run game blocking as well so let's use those things to our advantage and use that as our run game you want the running backs on the perimeter well that's a time where you get them out of the backfield and have Joe Burrow throw quick passes to them I think you have a package for Irv Smith where you have a handful of plays that you're going to really target him and utilize him and see what he can do because he does have the speed in the route running he's totally healthy right now He's a mystery. There's no tape on him in a Bengals uniform. Let's say five to seven targets in this game. 
we have to be conscious of Jonah, whether it's helping him out, whether it's running things the other way. But, I mean, that's dangerous. You're going to run him right at Miles Garrett. So Darius Smith is going to win his battles against Jonah. So we have to be conscious of that and do everything we can to stop the bleeding because we're not going to stop it totally. So Darius Smith is going to be in the backfield a lot. So we have to scheme it up where we're rolling the pocket or we're getting the ball out quickly or we're neutralizing him with the run and the play action because that is the matchup of the game that could really haunt us. And utilize that fourth wide receiver. Let's get Trenton Irwin some action. Let's get Yosivash some action as well. Let's see what he can do in his first game. That would be great if he has some big plays or a touchdown in this game. You know, if they have three really top-notch corners, there's not that much behind him. So, I mean, Chase is going to be anyone they put on him. Higgins should be anyone they put on him. Boyd and Newsom, I, I give the edge to Boyd, all that stuff. But if those guys are playing an outstanding game or if Burrow doesn't have the time for that, then maybe we use those fourth and fifth wide receivers as that hidden weapon, let them win those matchups. Because Trenton Irwin's very capable of getting touchdowns for us. And you'll see Vosh has had a monster preseason. And what a better way to get teams a little nervous about the Bengals. Like, wow, they got the top three receivers in the league. They got this Irwin guy. And then this brand new guy is just running up and down the field. I mean, it would make a big statement. And it would make us almost impossible to game plan for, especially if Irv Smith has a big game as well. And then the other thing, maybe not a popular opinion amongst fans, but get Burrow out if we're either up by a lot or down by a lot. He doesn't have to finish this game if it's a blowout either way. Again, let's be very conscious of his health. And this is probably not a popular opinion too. But if we're in those like fourth and one where you want to do a quarterback sneak or a goal line situation, why not put Browning in there? If it's just a mono e mono situation where we're going to push at you and we're going to see if our guys are stronger than your guys and get a yard when we need a yard, does it matter if it's Burrow or Browning? And maybe you run it a couple times in the game where Browning comes in and then you do that once or twice. And then the third time they're like, oh, here's Browning to, you know, do a sneak for one yard or try to. And you have a pass play set up for him. I don't know. Thinking out of the box, again, my main goal is protecting Joe Burrow. So that's my offensive strategy for this game. All right, so what happens when we're on defense? So you have Deshaun Watson. We don't know what Watson we're going to get. I think he had a decent preseason, but you can't tell because it's not against starters all the time. But he threw a dozen-plus passes, had a 112 QBR, 61% completion percentage, stat, 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 no one cares. But those aren't bad numbers. He wasn't sacked at all in the preseason. He got some yards on the ground. I don't know what we're going to get out of him. I don't know if the year off... And all the stuff he went through mentally messed him up a little bit, and he's never going to be the same player. But you still have to watch out for that talent. He's got great mobility, and he's got a great arm. Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in football. He's been a Bengal killer. You have to be able to contain him. Hopefully, Reader has a big game. Hopefully, Hill stacks up on the season that he had. We get the same production out of Hubbard on the outside, stopping the run. Logan Wilson and Pratt have big days. I mean, we're hoping for everybody to have a big day against a very good offensive line and an outstanding running back. So he's the difference in this game more than Deshaun Watson. And then we're lucky because they don't have Kareem Hunt coming in, which is a really devastating one-two punch. They have Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong. So two guys that aren't on the Kareem Hunt level. So it's really like... I mean, who knows? You sleep on those guys, they could be making big plays on you too. But it's really, if you can contain Chubb and be effective against him, you don't have a lot to worry about behind him, or you don't have as much to worry about as you did last year and the year before. Receiver, a decent room, not a totally stacked room, but Amari Cooper's a great receiver who was very productive last year. P. 
Peoples-Jones is a big receiver and a deep threat. He's like their Higgins. And then you have Moore, Tillman, and Goodwin. Not guys that are going to light it up, but guys that have been productive and guys that can do damage if you're sleeping on them. Where are they going to put Cooper? I think you're going to see him on both sides, so it's going to be a Wouzier one-on-one against him, and it's going to be Taylor Britt one-on-one against him. Those are the big matchups. And don't sleep on the fact that they're going to take some deep shots with Peoples-Jones, especially with that offensive line. And especially if you know Hendrickson's out, and maybe we have Sample in there, and they control him a little bit more. Now they got time to throw downfield. You know, if there's any mistakes in the secondary, you could see Donovan Peoples-Jones having a long touchdown pass against us. So I'm a little bit worried about that, and I'm a little bit worried about Cooper. If Awuzie is not 100%, you know, that could be a matchup problem as well. And that offensive line, Wills, Batonio, Pochick, Teller, Conklin, it's just pro bowlers almost all the way across that line. I think Wills is the weakest point, so hopefully Hendrickson has a good day. But, I mean, Batonio and, and Pochick and... Teller, Conklin, I mean, those are dominant offensive linemen. And without having an offside to rotate in there, we're going to be a little less dimensional than usual. And those guys have a good push in the run game. So there's a lot to worry about with this offensive line. So enough love for this Browns team. What's the strategy on defeating this Browns team? You have to force Watson into early mistakes and no early success. He's a little bit down from last year. If he starts out with a couple three and outs, it's going to get in his head. You can see it already. He is a player where his thoughts get to him. He's not like Joe Burrow, just ice cold. So a little bit of negativity early could really bury Watson. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping we get a pick on him, maybe a sack. They're saying in preseason he's just getting the ball out of his hands so quickly, like not even as a skillful quarterback, but just not wanting to get hit. So if that's true and he's a little gun-shy, that's a huge weapon for us because you know Hendrickson's going to get some hits on him. You know that Coach Anarumo is going to strategize some hits on him. And because of the quality of their offensive line, watch for Mike Hilton blitzing a lot. And I think that's going to be a nice weapon for us. Even some Dax Hill blitzing. Maybe you bring Tyson Anderson in as a 4-3 guy. So then I think you take the Bill Belichick approach, which I say a lot, and that's sell out to stop Chubb. Stack an extra man in the box and really be focused on stopping him and make Watson and the receivers beat you. But with that said, and maybe this is counterintuitive, I think we should have a spy on Watson as much as possible, or at least on passing downs when he has the ability to scramble. And I think you're looking at Davis Gaither because he's a a linebacker who can also stop the run by loading up into the box. You can't do it with corners. If if you're not going to do it with Davis Gaither, then you're going to have to bring in Tyson Anderson because he's fast. And then maybe you give Jordan Battle a shot, but I think it might be a little early to trust him that much in that role. But we sell out to stop Chubb. And when possible, we spy Watson. I think if you do those two things, I think you're in good shape. When the Browns are in the red zone, I think you're going to be very conscious of Chubb, but they like to use Njoku down there, so that's going to be a big test for us. Let's make sure we don't sleep on him. You know the usual goal line play. It's a play action to your running back. Everyone dives towards him, and then your tight end just slings out. So they have him and Harrison Bryant, so you got to watch either one of those guys. Sometimes they don't use the feature tight end for that role. But I really fear Njoku more in the red zone than anywhere else on the field. And then I think you protect Awuzie a little bit. You know, you rotate DJ Turner in on obvious running downs or short yardage plays, or if it's like a real obvious zone coverage situation, you know, maybe you get Awuzie some rest during the game. Maybe he doesn't play, you know, 50 plus snaps in this game. And I think you find opportunities to break DJ Turner in 
but not game-breaking opportunities. Not a third and seven at the 40-yard line. That's not a time to bring in D.J. Turner. But maybe a fourth and one at midfield when it's pretty obvious they're going to be running the ball. I don't know. Just protect Awuzie as much as you can. Protect Burrow as much as you can. And don't let Jonah be exposed too much. I think those are three key things in this game. All right, as far as predictions, it's not going to be easy. That's one. Two, it's not doomsday if we lose. Three, and finally, 27-24 Bengals, 1-0. We get out of that gauntlet. We get out of Cleveland in one piece. Bring on the Ravens. That'll do it for this episode. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music. Definitely something you should check out. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The unofficial Bengals podcast.